everybody. Welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski. And today, spring ball has started out at Cal, which spring ball is awesome if you're a player. It's always cool to be a part of it. It's like renewed energy, everything. And when we talk about new positions, there's plenty of guys, new positions at Cal. But there's one position at Cal that really makes a difference for the entire season, for the entire program. And I almost hear nobody talking about it. And so not a new face in this position, but this is the guy that makes Cal football work. Today, my good friend uh, and associate athletic director, charge of football administration, if I'm correct there, uh, Andrew McGraw. Uh, dude, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. It's awesome to be here. I, uh, it's, it's been long overdue. We've been talking about doing this for quite a while. When people think about football, you know, they think about the games, right? It's always Saturdays. It's the players. Some, some about the coaches. It's probably 80% players, 10% coaches, and then everything else around it, right? And so, but the one thing that they never think about is all the logistics, everything that goes into getting that done. Um, and rather than looking at a lot of the wins in terms of when, when that happens, you know, administration gets blamed for a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> it's always some, some place to, to put your blame. But you That's guys right. are in charge of everything football, and you're really kind of the point man for that. Talk about what it is that you do there at Cal and how it affects the program. Yeah, so as Coach Wilcox obviously oversees everything on the field, um, I'm responsible for a lot of those, like you just said, sort of behind-the-scenes support units that, uh, that make it possible for, for Coach Wilcox and his staff to do their jobs. Um, so we're looking after you know, the equipment room, the video production room, um, serving as a liaison between coach and sports medicine often, um, strength and conditioning, so you name it, if it's a support unit that uh, sort of helps, helps support uh, everything you see on the field, uh, myself and, and my operations staff really kind of help uh, fulfill that, that need. And, and talk about that, because when you are moving a football team, whether it be to camp or whether it be just on campus to events or whether you're going across the country to go play Notre Dame next year, right? There's all the logistics that have to go with that. Talk about that part of your job and, and how That's much right. work goes yeah. into that. Yeah, it's really kind of uh, a uh, complicated process, you know, to move 120 football players um, from Berkeley to wherever we're playing, or in our case, um, you know, shoot, we're, we're in the process of planning for this Notre Dame trip uh, coming up in the fall. So, uh, you know, what people don't realize is, you know, we're going to have an 18-wheel truck hauling equipment across the country. How do we coordinate that with, uh, with making sure that we have everything we need to conduct practices in Berkeley that week? Um, everything from coordinating air charters to hotels to the meals on the road, um, making sure that all that stuff is in place. Um, it, it, can be, uh, it can be quite a bit, but uh, we have a, a really uh, awesome team that, that helps kind of make those parts move, uh, move smoothly. And, and that's really the key, though, too, right? As a guy who traveled with teams forever, the best trips are the times when you never have to think about, like, the mishaps or what's going on, right? I show up and the room key is ready. I come downstairs, the meal is ready. Everything's ready to go for the athletes. That's, that's your goal, isn't it? That's right, yeah. You know, we're almost like the rhythm section of the band. If, if, if you're not noticing us, that's, that's a good thing. So, um, you know, the best trip for us is, is the trip where, where everything runs smoothly and, and uh, you know, everybody is able to just focus on, on what they need to do to, to win that football game. Um, so to, to, uh, to be in the background is, is the goal. 
I absolutely love that description, the rhythm section of the band. That is, that is awesome. Talk about, so we play in the Pac-12, obviously. There are some hard trips logistically in the Pac-12. Talk about the hardest trips that you have to face every year. Yeah, as you probably know, Mike, uh, having played at Cal, it, we always kind of dread that trip up to the, the Northwest when we're playing at Washington State. So this year, uh, just like uh, you know, every other year we make that trip, uh, we've got a plan for getting into, in this case, we're going to fly into Lewiston, Idaho, um, stay in Lewiston, and then uh, plan to, to snake up through the canyon over the Snake River, those buses, hoping that one of them doesn't break down on the way. And uh, Again. Make that, yes, that's right. Make that 45-minute trek to an hour trek out to Pullman, play the game, and then reverse, reverse course back to, to Lewiston for that flight and it always gets the players a little nervous when they see the landing strip uh in lewiston there's there's that drop off as if you're taking off on an aircraft carrier but in our case with the 737 seems to make everybody kind of nervous but yeah, uh, yeah dropping off into the snake river canyon that's right like it the, the best when i say best the most memorable landing of all time when i was at cal was at lewiston and we were coming in and we literally dropped from like 30 feet up boom and that's the plane <laughs> And I've now been on a couple of those going into Lewiston. So what, what is the decision like between going into Lewiston or Spokane for that trip? What, what makes that decision? What is, is it a coach's choice? You know, sure. how does that happen? Yeah, it's actually pretty simple. So for the longest time, Pullman didn't have a, uh, a runway long enough to, to accommodate an aircraft our size. So they've actually since lengthened it and, and is an option now as a year or two ago. But uh, we're going to fly into Lewiston simply because uh, we have no choice but to stay in Lewiston. There aren't a whole lot of hotel options uh, when, when you're talking about a trip up there. Uh, and that's Washington State has made their home hotel um, in Moscow, Idaho. where we, The University Inn. That's right. Yep. Yes. yep. University Inn. So, uh, so now that we're staying in Lewiston, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and fly in there and, and keep the plane overnight and fly out. And so that, that was what drove the decision this year. Yeah, I was always, I was always curious about that. Kind of why... You know, what, sometimes we flew into Spokane, sometimes we flew into Lewiston. It was always kind of these issues like, what makes that choice? It's funny, the, the University Inn is one of those places legendary in the former Pac-10, now Pac-12. I think they still have the same carpet as the last time I start <laughs> when I was playing there. It's still the same carpet, right? Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, not a yeah. lot has changed there. Yeah, so talk about the kind of the team and the coaches and your role around that. What, what is your role around those guys on a day-to-day? Sure. Yeah. Uh, myself and our director of football operations together with even our recruiting staff have, uh, you know, daily interactions with, with the team, obviously with the coaching staff, but that's you know, easily the most rewarding part of, of our role is to, to have these interactions with these young people. And, and uh, we really feel that we have, have one of the most special cultures, uh, maybe in all of college football. And that's a, a credit to coach Wilcox and his staff for bringing in the, the right kinds of, of kids uh, so there's a lot of special people in this program. Uh, it starts with the players. Uh, that's what, what what we really love about our, our jobs. Um, uh, but uh, the leadership at the top, from Coach Wilcox down through his staff, um, is is really uh, who I credit with with making this place as special as it is. And and uh, we're seeing some really uh, neat things happening on the recruiting trail. Kids are are really excited about where this program's going. And and uh, and helping to uh, be a part of, of a rising program in the Pac-12. But, um, you know, for, for me, uh, being able to, to work 
again, with these kids on a daily basis, whether it be, um, you know, designing a locker room for them, which we, we just finished before the pandemic and getting their input on, on these, these uh, aspects of the program that affect their daily lives. Um, it's just a, a really kind of neat job that, that um, I, I pinch myself sometimes when, when I think about you know, what I get to do every day. And you just brought up an interesting point because I, had, I hadn't even thought about this kind of line of questioning. By the way, I, so when I go to football and I go check out Cal, we have to talk to coaches and everything during the season, but I come out and I hang out in my dog's office. And so I'm hanging <laughs> out with, with McGraw. Whenever I show up, that's where I'm going first to hang out at Cal. Oh, yeah. but I hadn't yeah. even thought about like when I played, it was not player friendly, you know, quote unquote, sure, sure. like it is today. Like, Nowadays, they t the player's opinion counts. Like it, right. they, our opinion did not matter back then because we didn't have. There wasn't like a free agency system like they have now at the portal, and there wasn't. Sure. You didn't have to recruit your own players. Once you got them in, they were there. And if they wanted to transfer to the Pac-12, it was two years. If they wanted to transfer anywhere right. else, it was at least one year that they had to sacrifice. Talk about the difference in the way players are treated now as opposed to like back in the day and i'd say the old school days right i think about dick erickson and pappy's boys and all those guys boy it was way different back then <laughs> we didn't have a choice you know and these guys nowadays it's it's become more of a professional sport sure yeah yeah that's that's absolutely the case um you know no i think there you know there's certainly some football staffs in the country that that are more old school in their approach that that are more like your experience and, and, and mine uh, coming up through sports, but, um, you know, coach Wilcox is, it's, you know, you, you could call him a player's coach for sure. Um, he, he makes it a priority to have, um, the most meaningful relationships possible he can with his players. Um, but you're right. You know, there's a new, um, a new part to college football that we have to carefully consider. And that is, you know, the, the transfer portal has kind of changed the game. So, um, it, it was always important to us to, to make sure that that our guys are, are having the best possible student athlete experience here, but even more so now when you think about, you know, how quickly, um, you know, a player can, can uh, seek out another option if he's not happy with where he is, you know, you know, player uh, wellness and, and uh, looking out for the overall experience is, is even more critical to keeping a, a team together. And it's ideal. I mean, like that's the idealistic thought, right? It's, we want them to have a great experience. We all, we, and, and obviously you do, sure. but on a programmatic level, like everybody has individual needs and a program has programmatic needs. And so managing all those individual needs with the programmatic needs, well, that's, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. And uh, I think here at Cal, our, our philosophy is, is let's, let's obviously treat these guys as well as we can, but let's also give them the most honest upfront information that we can so that they can make, you know, the best possible decisions for themselves. Um, and, and if somebody needs to, de to develop physically or they need to spend more time watching film, whatever it may be to make themselves better as a player, we want to make sure they know that as soon as possible so that, you know, if, if in a rare case, uh, it makes more sense for somebody to leave. They need to know that as early as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, the, so that's really kind of the approach that we take with these guys. And I think they appreciate that honest um, exchange of, of information. Dude, I think that is absolutely an awesome approach. It's one that 
I didn't get for most of my career, even as a pro, like didn't get most, right. nobody was ever honest. They, what, what can I get out of this guy and what can I make happen? Right. Like, by manipulating these situations. But if you're, I always thought, you know, as a pro, like you're paying me for this, be honest with me, tell me what's going on. Sure, sure. And if I'm not cutting it, let me work on my game or whatever that situation is. And, and coaches never did that. And I don't know whether right. it was, they were worried about hurting people's feelings or, you know, because you're a pro, right? right? You're, right. you're working for somebody. Now it's time to, to be honest. Um, but so I think that's a fantastic way to handle it, especially with younger athletes. That's right, yep. And uh, uh, talk, talk to me about the change. Now we've got this, the NIL too, right? So now like your job, your job in the last three years has just gotten exponentially more difficult in terms of the way that you right. manage stuff around. And the coaches jobs have gotten so much more difficult because you've really gone from a pseudo amateur sport in college football now to, to it being a pro sport. These kids are getting paid. I mean, real money with these NIL deals, they're not getting paid from the schools, but the schools are now setting up these 501c3s and you see these programs around the country that are just essentially paying players. And so like, right. how much more difficult is your job now with all of these new outside influences? Yeah, it's unbelievably difficult. And I mean, gosh, if you look back to the beginning of the pandemic, it's, it's as if somebody's kind of playing a, a dirty trick on us in my business. Right. We're saying, okay, Good luck with COVID. Navigate that. Um, oh, and by the way, we're going to throw the transfer portal at you and NIL. Name image likeness. So deal with all of that and good luck. So, you know, we we uh, kid ourselves, right? Man, you know, it's just, you know, one of these three would, would be challenging to, to navigate. But uh, we, we got the, the, the brutal triumvirate here of challenges. Um, so you're right. You know, we're seeing the professionalism of college football. Uh, we're we're taking the approach that um, we're sort of hanging back, observing what's going on around the country, um, carefully picking and sort of, I should say, strategizing how we're best going to approach this NIL um, uh, phase of, or not phase, it looks like it's here to stay, but this NIL piece to college football. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, through Jim Knowlton's leadership, together with Coach Wilcox, uh, they're doing a nice job of, of uh, staying on top of, of um, who, who, who we're going to potentially partner with, you know, as you hear about these NIL collectives being mentioned in, in college football, who we may, uh, I should say, associate with, um, and uh, how we're going to really kind of approach it with our team here, we have something that not a lot of schools have to offer, and that is a, a world-class degree. And, you know, that, that gives us something else to sell in recruiting rather than just, you know, how much are you going to throw at me in an NIL deal? So we're trying to blend these two and, and, and turn this NIL concept into a positive for us. Um, we want to make sure that um, if we're entering into this space, that there's going to be a strong element of community service tied in. Uh, and then this could be, you know, uh, educational and transformational for the kids and not just a money grab. Yeah. And it's like, it's such the wild west right now that like, there's a million ways that you could set these things up and some super right. smart people somewhere are going to figure out how to get this right. Uh, hopefully sure. at Cal, right? Hopefully at Cal. That's, that's what we hope for. You, I can hear your voice. I know it, you know, obviously, because you and I've been friends for a long, long time, but that pride about being a Cal guy, 
right? The blue and gold that runs through your veins, having gone to school there, been around the program, being part of it. How, like, you are as blue and gold as they come. Talk about what Cal and Cal football means to you. Gosh, you know, Mike, I don't even know if you know this. I, it, my earliest memories actually take me back to a, a tree up on Tywat Hill back in 1982 as, as a gosh, nine-year-old watching, watching the play. So my history is long. It, the, the blue and gold runs through my veins. Um, so it's been a part of my life since I can you know, remember back as a small kid. Uh, so you know, I, I mentioned, you know, I pinch myself when I come to work. You know, this has been you know, like a childhood dream of mine to be involved with this program. So to, to be on year 25 uh, working with, with football uh, is pretty remarkable. And uh, so, I, you know, the, the relationships I've made, the Mike Pulaski's I've met in the program, um, you know, for all the, the guys who went on to become NFL stars like Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch, Alex Mack, Cam Jordan, there's another 500 guys that, that I have relationships with that I value just as much. So it's the people that I've met. Um, it, it's just, just so many incredible memories. It's impossible to list, but um, yeah, you know, I'm just a Cal guy and I will be forever just like yourself. Yeah. You, you mentioned Alex Mack just got married by the way. So our congrats from Bear Insider from the Cal program to Alex Mack, you know, newly married, got invited to go over to Ireland for this thing. I missed a hell of a party, but <laughs> it's, uh, he's going to come out and go fishing with me this summer. So we're all good. Oh, great. But, Love it. Yeah. But talk about some of that. I mean, you get some of these guys that have come through the Aaron Rodgers of the world, right? Jared Goff, sure. you know, just you know, Jared Goff is one of those dudes who's absolutely salt of the earth, like just the most mellow, chill, best dudes right. ever. And you yep. get some super high strung guys, right? So it's Cal. It's, it's, you get different sure. guys kind of in different spots. How, how interesting is it kind of managing those relationships? Oh, it's just, I, I have to assume, by the way, all these guys are telling you how Cal football should be run. So yeah, I know the guys that I played right? with are telling me how Cal football should be run. <laughs> that's so funny. I guarantee you those guys are telling you. Of course, everybody has an opinion, but uh, that's funny. So, yeah, you know, it's just a huge wide range of relationships and, and different personalities, all of them um, interesting and fascinating in their own ways. Wow. Yeah, Jared, most even keeled, um, you know, it, part of what makes him so great, you know, everything can be breaking down around him and he's going to be Joe cool. But um, and then Aaron Rodgers, you know, he used to come sit in my office uh, before practice. And, and I feel like we would talk about a thousand topics football never really being one of them so you, you could tell you know when you see him doing what he does on jeopardy it's no surprise the guy's genius but um yeah it's just it's so neat to be able to have these relationships again with all these guys who um are special in their own way mostly what's neat about being a cow guy is, is you learn that these guys are are fascinating people they they have something besides football that they're bringing to the table uh, and, and it's neat to, to find out what that is with a lot of these guys. Yeah, they either have well-formed thoughts on topics or they are working a process to form those thoughts. And it's, and it's always really thoughtful and kind of, you get some insightful aha moments. You're like, oh, oh, I never even thought about that, right? That's right, that's right, yeah. And it's neat to hear, you know, as we have coaches come into the program to compare uh, their experience with the athletes in this program versus where they've coached prior. And, you know, just about every single one of them will mention just how, man, it really is refreshing to work with such a high caliber student athlete. And, 
you know, we all know that, you know, the term student athlete doesn't necessarily apply to, to <laughs> all programs out there. Oh, you ain't kidding, brother. I could tell you from my pro years, having played with guys from other schools, not always the case, a great story. Antonio Brown's dad, Eddie Brown was my uh, receiver. When we were in the arena football, he was rated the greatest football player or greatest player in the history of the arena league. Really good football player. But we were in the middle of a practice one day, and one of the young receivers was trying to argue with me over like a route that he read that he went wrong or something that he'd done. And I don't even remember what the argument was about, but I was telling him, no, this is what happened. This is what you did. He's like, no, this is, he's going back and forth. And Eddie just looks at him and goes, don't even try. He went to Cal. <laughs> Like that was it. Like he went to Cal, shut it down. Just, so just give it up now. Right. And so I love it. And Cal guys have that reputation. No matter right. where you go, the Cal guys on the team are generally, generally, I've seen very few guys come through who weren't, there's a couple, but not many, but most of the time they're well-respected, you know, for their intelligence and, and their ability to formulate thoughts. So that's a big piece of it. Let's move on now. Spring ball. It's in yeah. new guys on campus, uh, new faces, Tell me about uh, Cal Bears football v. 2022. Sure. Yeah. So we're about a week and a half in. Uh, we're giddy with excitement over what we're seeing so far. Giddy. Um, Good word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, really, for starters, to see Brett Johnson back on the field, uh, zero restrictions, limitations, just awesome. all out. 100% huge. Brett Johnson is a massive addition to, to this football team. Um, so having him back is, is enormous on the defensive side. The receivers are, are impressing like crazy. We've got some big, tall, fast guys that are making plays out there. Um, we're saying, you know, Maven Anderson has really flashed in this first week and a half. We're excited about him. Uh, obviously, Jeremiah Hunter is, is coming down and winning all those contested contested ball one-on-ones versus the corners he's uh, he's gonna be special already is but uh he's looking great uh j michael sturdivant uh just i mean he has he can be one of the fastest players in the conference ever seen yeah. you there so he's looking outstanding and then for, uh tommy christakos another player just, you know, filling out nicely uh making just flashing every single day of practice so excited about the receivers and then you know like most fans are probably wondering what's going on at the quarterback spot and uh, we are thrilled to see the competition that's, uh, that's brewing between Kai Milner and uh, Jack Plummer. So um, both are looking great. Ball's coming out beautifully. Receivers making plays on those balls. And we're, so we're thrilled. Um, you know, the linebackers looking good. We have uh, Jackson Sermon who transferred in from Washington. Um, he's, he's looking great. We expect good things out of him. And uh, the DBEs are doing their thing. We're, we're, we're going to, we'd like to see a little more depth, maybe a corner on the offensive line, but uh, both those spots are coming along nicely. And that's one of those spots like corner, like it's such an instinctive attitude position, right? You got to have a speed and you got to have the skills to play there. And if you don't, you just can't play it. But, but like you have to play yourself into playing like Umaji Hearns last year. Perfect who expected example. that out of him, right? right. He, he's small, young guy. You're like, eh, and he, a couple games, all of a sudden he's playing at a super high level. So That's corner right. can always come on and you just got to find those guys that fit. I always thought yep. I was having this discussion the other day and I, it was in regards to uh, Dan Hawkins with his yeah. son, at quarterback in Colorado with Peter Sermon, right. And his son transferring in like, right. it, like that's tough as a dad, having your kid come it in. Is. Now the bonus here is that Sermon's was a starter at Washington. 
like he was a dude right? at Washington. So there's yeah, no, yeah. like if he does come in and start, there should be no argument in terms of does he deserve it or not. Yeah, he's a proven Pac-12 performer. I, mean, I think he finished second in the conference last year with tackles. So you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, he's not coming in battling for starting experience. He comes with that experience. So, um, but still, it can be it'd be challenging coaching your son. Be the first oh, to without tell, a doubt. Be the first to tell you that. Yeah, my my son told me when I was coaching him in high school football that I knew nothing about defensive line. <laughs> It's like I have, I have forgotten more about defensive line play than all of these freshman coaches have ever learned. So, oh, that's too like, funny. Yeah, yeah, and and Peter's a great coach, great dude. Like, unbelievable. I t- talk to him every week, yeah. you know. But coaching your kid is good not easy, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, so. so far so good. But I'll keep you posted on that one. Yeah, talk to me, kind of for our last topic here. Sure. Justin Wilcox had an opportunity to leave to go to his alma mater this year, right. um, and he chose to stay at Cal in your opinion, as a guy who's been around the program, Hey, it means a ton to me, you know, loyalty, right. loyalty is one, for me, right. Personally, loyalty is one of the biggest things. Yep. Period. And right. I think the reason a lot of guys from different programs and the guys that I've heard about from Cal that when, when they get alienated, it's because they feel that the loyalty is not there, but having Justin now stay at Cal, sure. right? The loyalty that's there, boy, like that's the one thing with athletes. If you can build that, if you can keep that, it, that's that's where team is formed. Talk about that's what right. that means for Cal. Yeah, you know Justin's kind of cut from a different cloth. He's not like a lot of coaches, um, especially at this level that you see moving around from place to place, um, you know, all constantly looking for for the more attractive contract or the or the sexier uh, program name. He he uh, he's a substance guy. He's um, I think he considers this program unfinished business. He loves more than anything working with the caliber of student athlete that we have. And uh, he thinks that we can, we, we can win championships at Cal. He truly, truly believes that. Otherwise, he would have left. Uh, so he, he sees a golden opportunity here. And uh, you know, he has everything he needs. Uh, Cal, Cal is, is in his blood now. This is his second time working at Cal. And uh, again, you know, there are too many good things going on in this program uh, for him to have up and left uh, without having accomplished the goals that he set out for himself when he got here. And what does it take, right? Because now we come all the way full circle back to your job, right? In charge of athletic administration, like you're the point man. So what does it take on that front, like for Cal football to be successful? And I, I say this. Right. A, how do we, how do, how do people help? How do people like make that happen? Cal fans that want to see us win. What, right. what does it take for Cal to win? How do we make that more fluid? You and I have had these discussions a right. million times, right? How do you grease sure. the wheels, but not in a you know dirty way? How do you, right. how do you right. make things So, yeah, I mean, this is, right this, yeah, this is a, a conversation we have daily. Uh, so how do we get to the next level? How do we win? And we really feel that it's it's the collection of of you know everything being done right. So every little detail uh, along the way, whether it be um, you know the, the, what we're serving in training table, are the players you know enjoying their meals so that they get bigger and train effectively to to develop physically? Are we providing the academic support that our guys need uh, to do well in the classroom? Are we um, providing resources and recruiting to attract 17-year-olds you know, to Cal? Uh, whatever it may be, 
um, no detail can be overlooked. We want to be great because you never really know uh, which of those details is going to make the difference. The margins between winning and losing, as we saw this past year, I think we lost five games um, by a difference of one score. So if we can just do as many of these little things along the way as well as possible, we think that's going to make the difference ultimately on Saturdays. So um, how can the fans help? Shoot, financial resources obviously are, are, are critical. Um, Power five football programs are kind of these insatiable beasts that just constantly <laughs> need more and whatever the next thing is, whether it's, you know, we're seeing personnel departments and recruiting exploding as we have to now uh, navigate the transfer portal, for example, yeah. or uh, do we, you know, are, are our facilities up to par? Are they competitive with our, with the organs and USC's? Um, are, are we providing support for our athletes? Is it, too expensive for them to live in Berkeley versus Eugene, for example. You know, these are things that we have to think about to make sure that we're on uh, sort of a level playing field with our competitors. So, um, yeah, you you name it, it's something that we have to take seriously and uh, and do whatever we can to to be competitive with. And it's not like so the the way that the people at home need to think about it is what we talked about earlier, right? When a player shows up. The bus is there. They load up. They get to the hotel. The key is there. They go to their room. They come downstairs. The meal's on time. They come to the meeting rooms and everything's set up and ready to rock and roll, right? Smooth. Right. And so you don't need excesses in all these. You don't need, you know, fine china and silverware at dinner. You don't need like gold-plated bus seats. That's not what we're talking about. You're talking about just a little bit, a touch of excess, enough for the padding to make stuff happen right every time, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and Coach Wilcox is probably you know one of the last coaches in the country to, uh, as we term it, uh, pour hot sauce on the program. It, it's it's substance over flash, um, but you know to you know, when we're recruiting a player against Alabama, USC, and Oregon, um, you know we have to uh, play the game to some degree, uh, whether it be a photo shoot, which. Uh, you know, I don't know that Coach Wilcox is a huge fan of, but we recognize that as a necessary evil. Right. Um, like, so, yeah, I'll, there's a lot of these new things. These it days. goes on and on. We, we don't yeah. even need to go into those. But sure. It's like there's a bunch of stuff that I look back and it, it means I'm getting old, I'm sure. But like, I look at stuff now. I'm like, hmm, that's just that's a head scratcher that you need right. to have your ego stroked like that sure. when sure. the opportunity is there. Like the thing about me for, for me, for Cal, great school great location, yeah. great opportunity to play well in a, in a great conference and then at the next level. That's right. Yep. Yeah. But what more things are a little different now. Yeah. And we have to be, different. we have to be malleable or we'll, we'll get passed up by everybody else. So that's right. Damn you, Mark Zuckerberg. See, that's, uh, it's, it's all the social media stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Well, well, my man, Andrew McGraw, dude. Awesome. Awesome. We, I, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, getting you on yeah. so many things happen in the Cal football program on Saturdays, all you people at home that are loving games. You can thank Andrew for that because he is making a ton of this stuff happen with his staff. Of course, give credit where it's due, but like, he's the point man for all this. So oh, appreciate thanks, you coming on brother. You got it. Yep. We got to hit that fly fishing trip one of these days here. Oh, absolutely. This summer I am good to go. There's actually great fly fishing in Italy. Good. We should think about that. We're going to be in right. Northern Italy anyway. All righty. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. 
So you heard me talk about Italy. There was a Cal football camp that takes place over in Italy every year. And I have been fortunate enough to go over and plan on going over every year that I get the opportunity from here on out. But Andrew McGraw, really the point man and been the guy who is the touch point for a ton of us ex-Cal players, former Cal players to come back to the program. A blue and gold guy all the way uh, and a fantastic asset to the program. I appreciate you guys watching this episode of Ultimate Insider. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider. I will talk to you again soon. As always, go Bears.